0: This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. My name is Matt Caden. I'm Managing Director of MMG Advisors, and what I love about retail is experience.
1: Recently, Mouth Media partnered with Mace Rich a real estate investment trust that invests in shopping centers to hold a round table discussion about direct-to-consumer first brands and physical retail spaces with the Retail Innovation Lounge. During this discussion, Matt Caden, managing partner for MMG Advisors, Anne-Marie Steven, sales director of U.S. retail and commerce for Fabric, and Rob Sanchez, CEO for Mouth Media Network, all had a dynamic conversation about disruption transformation and the future of retail
0: that's coming up now from new york city you're listening to retail is your business covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry
1: Matt, it's, it's really great to have you here. Um, we're sitting around a round table having a conversation about retail and physical space and how it's changing and how it's evolving. So I'd love to start with you just sharing a little bit of your perspective on what's new in the way that brands are thinking about the retail environment. We've gone through... I would say, um, several size seismic shifts. So first there was e-commerce only, and then there was, well, wait, what about showrooming? And then, and so where are we right now? What's kind of the zeitgeist of the moment?
0: I think where we are right now is, is in experience in, and going to what I love about retail is you have to give the customer a reason to get out the door. They're still shopping physically, but they need to be captured in a different way. Um, Digital brands moving into physical spaces, to me, is more of a play around customer acquisition costs increasing, right? They came online when it was inexpensive to acquire a customer online. Facebook and Google sold that to big retail and big brands. And so therefore, it's no longer cost effective to acquire a customer online. So I think the digital brands have moved physical, not necessarily about experience or, or the omni. They talk about it. But I'm not sure that that's the truth. I think it's an overall customer acquisition play, and then looking at the the data from there. But I'm looking at you know, whether it should be retail as a service. I hate the the term RAS or whatever you want to call it. I, but I do think the idea of giving the customer something that she cherishes and that she's going to come back to, and she's going to tell her her friends about and her her loved ones. And getting that real sticky – the stickiness of building the relationship. It's what retail used to be, right? Marvin Traub eventized retail at Bloomingdale's based on that fact. It was clienteling. It was giving them – it was creating theater at retail. Retail lost its way in the mass production of everything. And I think there's a lot of ways that it's coming back. And it's so it's very – it would be very interesting to watch. And the answer is always if you're not exceptional right now, you're, you're not going to be in business for much longer. And we're starting to see that example in the U.S. market for sure. Um, more, more store closures than, than ever before last year was more than ever before that. Um, and I think we beat that number midway this year and now you're seeing, you know, continued bankruptcy. So you can't just do business as you always did and expect for a different result. That's the definition of insanity.
2: <laughs> so my question then is, I feel one, just to dovetail on what you're saying, don't you think we were over retailed a bit? In the U.S., yeah. 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 So some of it. Part of my
0: lens, and part of the lens of like our firm is, is part of the lens is not to get too specific around the U.S. and and try to gleam trends that are happening globally. Uh huh. Uh, but, yeah, in the U.S., we're over inventory, over-stored.
2: And what I see, and you're out there talking to a lot of brands, like small, large, you're out there. I see Matt everywhere. If, we're, if I'm, I'm everywhere, everywhere, you're actually more everywhere. So
0: I don't know if I could be more everywhere.
2: I you. don't know. Well, anyway, so we'll, yeah, debate, later. <laughs> we'll debate later. But um, I feel like I'm seeing so many new uh, kind of startup fashion and apparel brands beauty brands can you speak to that a little bit i mean I, so many i don't even know their names anymore it used to be i'm i come originally from the tech space well originally i come from the retail space then retail tech and so in technology you're seeing you, there's so many startups you know the people have no idea what any of the names of the companies just throw are if
0: i in front of a word and you're probably
2: right good. right yes right. exactly so yeah, the i'm feeling I mean, that in in kind of the retail space and look i think retail. it's
0: first the distinction between beauty and and fashion there's it's like they couldn't be more dissimilar right and i think that they they get thrown together too often Beauty's on fire the the deal values are are crazy but beauty's always been different it's always been a it's a high performance you know you have a small package it doesn't cost a lot to make it's a high margin it doesn't cost a lot to ship to store uh, it's very instagrammable now which, which is trendy but beauty's always been the the You know, the revenue per square foot at retail and now the revenue per... But
1: it's starting to erode a little bit, which I think is really interesting. So in the beauty industry, you're starting to have a store capturing for the first time the experience without the brands having the control that they used to have or traditionally are used to. And that's leading to an interesting fracture in it. Um, So a lot of the brands that are at the luxury touch points are actually suffering a little bit right now. Um, or at least we're, we're hearing that they are because they can no longer control the pure experience. And what they're getting instead is Sephora's interpretation of their experience or that person who was hired for the holiday season three weeks ago's interpretation of their experience. Are you seeing that
0: play in at all? That's interesting. I don't spend a ton of time covering the space so I can speak probably more Intelligently to, to fashion, obviously yes. In beauty, you've got Sephora and you've got Ulta, which drive a lot of of volume. Uh, in addition to to the to online and direct and, and the direct plays, um, so I can't I I don't I can't yeah. give you the my a, a great interpretation i know like i think glossier is doing some pretty amazing th- stuff physically, for
2: sure they have a, a great store downtown <laughs> we were just talking about soho um that's actually robotically driven in terms of fulfillment which is pretty amazing you know and they're i know that they're growing it's a blog that is tied to beauty that's also now um looking to expand that brand pretty substantially over the next uh, foreseeable future they've had a They're doing a lot of – making a lot of change. I don't know how much is out there, so I'm not going to say too much. But they're making a lot of change uh, and looking to expand into their next level of growth, which is pretty substantial, right?
0: Yeah. On the question of whether it's fashion or beauty, the barriers to entry are lower than they've ever been, right? So it's easier to pop up a business online um, than it's ever – you don't need to get the big order at Nordstrom. You don't need to open up a retail store. You can simply go on Instagram. Pay you know have a little bit of a content uh, a performance marketing strategy and 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 you're in business. Are you real? Probably not. So there's a lot of niche. There's a lot of there's a lot of fake stuff out there too. Right. You, you you know kind of be careful what you're buying if you don't have any sort of ability to validate whether it's real. That's or That's such
2: a great comment. <clears throat> um, how do you validate that? I mean, so we're you know uh, social media, right? Like I um, use social media every day uh- <laughs> Hopefully this is a judgment-free zone, but uh, I'll research, I'll research. But uh, the point being, though, I mean, social media really is a terrific tool for driving brand awareness and brand visibility. At least, you know, when I even do my straw polls, I was talking about a a recent experience I had going to a new store that I learned about that opened up in Grand Central. It's the size of a postage stamp. And then I learned about it on Facebook. And the other women who were in the store, because I ask people, um, learned about it on Facebook. Facebook and they don't carry any inventory. And then they just, you know, I did, I bought five pairs of shoes in under 30 minutes and they all showed up at my house. They said it would be five days. I got them in like four days and and I'm wearing them today. So that's kind of amazing, right? So how could I, and that was a big brand that I know. What about all these other brands that pop up on Facebook or to your point of how do I know? You just
0: have to research them, right? right? I think that anything, the nice part about the technology age is that you can you can't depend on Facebook and Instagram for for product knowledge. You need you can get discovery there, but then you have to go and do a Google search. Talk. Right. There's inter- there's there's infinite ways to to research a company. Like when I'm research company, I'm using. You know, a paid service to to get smarter about the business, but I'm looking at financials, and I'm I was looking to say, are
2: you looking at who's on if the cap I'm going to look to on a business side? If I'm going to on a consumer side, I can just kind of purchase anything, right? But on a business side, if I'm looking to um, partner with them or help them grow or invest or whatever the question might be, or you know, um, would I? Uh, be looking at revenue? Would I be looking at who their VCs are, what kind of investment they've put toward it? What do you think in the fashion space is a a good way to look at that?
0: The fashion space, yeah, you're going to look at revenue. You should be looking at path to profitability or profitability. Too many investors weren't looking at it specifically around fashion, and, and there's going to be a reckoning. It'll probably be attached to some sort of economic downturn. So there was a lot of money poured into the system and that money wasn't all good, right? Venture doesn't really work for, for fashion.
2: Thank you for saying that. I say that all the time. Venture as much as we they're needed to help, you know, spark uh new ideas and generate um new companies and they employ people, and there's a lot of good things that come out of it. But they're not your friend. They have a different strategic motivation than an end user does, right? It's a very different different objective.
0: To get a ten or twenty x on their investment, and that means and some are winners and some
2: are losers, and that's the game. That's that's inventory
0: is, and I've been saying this for a while that it's hard to scale an inventory intensive business. Yeah, both from depending on where you're producing the product, you have to house the inventory. It's it's very very doubt very difficult to be able to scale. All the infrastructure that goes into – and the cost related to inventory, turning it at full price, managing the flow of goods, tying up your working capital, very hard to, to scale that, to get that unbelievable multiple. It works when there's something functional. So I think you'll see in – if it's functional fashion where there's some sort of performance element, better probability for success. That being said, there's been probably some companies that that have – high profile that are not succeeding but have the the veil of, of success it works in in Warby Parker is a great example of where it works but Warby Parker is functional there's utility in, in eyeglasses there's convenience uh, they've got a, a, a multi you know a multi-touch experience and in that market was r- truly ripe for for change and they've actually provided disruption disruption which I hate the, the term but the term was about right as you know is jumping the innovation curve Mm -hmm. right warby is actually innovative in their model they changed the way that eyeglasses were being sold the industry which was very tied and stodgy very old they basically and very small you know two major players they've created a third but very differently um fashion and acquiring a customer online is just another way to acquire a customer. It's not innovation.
2: I have a question it's on that. It's not
0: disruption, rather.
2: Yeah, fair enough. Um, I've been seeing and reading and talking to some industry insiders about um, – and this may or may not be you and you can def- deflect it entirely. It's fine. Um, but basically the uh, manufacturing slowing down. Right? Have you heard any rumblings in the industry that manufacturing is slowing down? And that'll have a trickle trickle down effect on uh, goods coming to market. That we're already seeing that as a leading indicator.
0: Overall manufacturing.
2: Overall manufacturing. Yeah. Of
0: apparel, you're talking. Apparel. About-
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I I I'm going to a. Be- I'll let you know. I have okay, kind of let me to a resourcing conference okay. this weekend. Ah,
2: answering. okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah. I so think I- um,
1: some of the biggest players in manufacturing have been going through some seismic changes internally, and then you have the tariffs, you have um, a lot of disruption on the supply chain from that.
0: Well, there's a lot of supply chain. Uh, there's It's a big question, yeah. right? Tariffs have, have, I don't want to go deep into tariff no, talk, no. but. They, well, it's impacted a lot of brands retail. have escalated have basically yeah. ramped up their their production. So they've actually shipped more and are sitting on inventory to try to get it in before tariff before mm-hmm. the tariffs. Um the H&M's and the fast fashion model has proven to be parts of it are brilliant, and other parts are inventory gluts. And so I think there's inventory problem there. I mean, we all know the Burberry, you know, burning their inventory problem, so I th- I'm not sure that that's an indicator. I do think that Apparel. Everybody, you know, we've got enough in the U.S. and probably globally.
2: You know, you mentioned H&M specifically. I was just in their store this weekend. I don't know when they started this program, so I may be the last of the party. But, you know, you can recycle your clothes. They have a clothes recycling program where they'll accept clothes from other brands outside of theirs and put them into a recycle bin within their store, speaking to the, you know – over, I, I was very impressed with that. I have to say I thought it was a bold move. I hadn't seen that before. It's a good um, start. And it's a good the H&M start. The h
0: Foundation is terrific. The Global Change Awards uh, I'm involved with where they're giving grant money or not grant money, just money to innovative uh, companies that are solving for circularity. But going back to if we want to pull into kind of where retail is going, um let
2: me know. Well, no, <laughs> I, I was, was just curious. Like yeah.
0: Circularity. Uh, you know, well, circular no, it's stuff. important
2: because supply chain yep. impo- impacts where retail's going, right? So if we no, don't sure. have goods going to market, or, I'm just curious about the flow, right? Not necessarily a physical brick-and-mortar experience in and of itself because that's driven by <laughs> the products and goods and services. And I was just curious about that. So I don't want to take you off the rails on that.
1: So um, love to have you share some final thoughts from your perspective on just retail in general and what you're hopeful for.
0: I'm hopeful for more retailers like Camp. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Camp, but like that's an amazing retail experience. And it's more than just experiential retailing or retailing as a service. Um I'm actually going to be featuring them in like uh, in an article that I'm writing s- shortly. But they're they have multiple ro- revenue streams, right? They're they're selling membership, they're selling merchandise, they're selling sponsorship, they're selling tickets. It's a basically it's a kids store. It's toy driven. They change over the store. It's kind of like Story, but they they have multiple um, ways of generating revenue. And I think that that's a, that's an exciting retailer. Uh, Rachel Schekman, actually from Stories, on, on the board of Camp and, and Ben Kaufman, who was the former CMO of BuzzFeed, and the founder of um, Mophie and Quirky, is the was also kind of quasi involved in in Story. But that retailer and, and that example of retailing is, is something that, that all brands and retailers must look at and say, how can I make this, the experience lasting, right? You can go there and you can drop your kid off literally on a Saturday night and it's a date night. You can go out and have drinks and they're going to babysit your kids. Basically, It comes at a at a very expensive price.
2: Matt is the proud father of three children,
0: <laughs> three girls. So I, I will, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I will be buying clothing for the rest of my life. Um, but yeah, so I think that, that it's it's got to it's got has to be something that you, you don't forget easily, and that ultimately it's got has to be profitable. I right? think this idea that you're going to have showrooming and and it's going to convert better on. I'm not sure that 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 works to scale. Um, I'm not sure that it has worked to scale. I think that you can get really good data capture, uh, but the customer wants pretty instant results.
1: Well, thank you. It's a good place to wrap.
0: This has been Retail Is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect.